Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Fusco. This is episode 28, and I am still pregnant, in case you're curious. When I'm recording this intro, still pregnant. We'll see if by the time it actually airs in, what, three days, if that's the case. You'll, you can check on Instagram and figure that out. Um, but I'm so excited for today's interview. I interviewed Ann Crowdis, who is one of the founders of a group called Maternity Wise. And she it's a doula training business. She has been a doula herself since the late 90s. She has had six children that range in age from 25 all the way down to a three-year-old. So she has such a vast experience. And she's given birth in so many locations, in so many different situations, from hospital birth, several were at the hospital, several were at home, a few were unassisted unintentionally at home, just, just a vast array. So I know you guys are going to really appreciate this interview. I do want to give a little notice at the very beginning. Um, You guys know that this podcast means the world to me, and I really try to be as thoughtful and considerate as possible with the content that I provide. And I really want to balance the idea of showing home birth and showing birth for exactly what it is, and also keeping a positive confident outlook on it, especially for all of these moms that I know that are listening that are pregnant. So I I did pray about this a good bit. Uh, With this particular episode, Anne has six births, so lots of stories to choose from. One of the stories, which was a home birth, was rather intense, uh, pretty graphic, and it did end well. Everything ended up great. But it was, for me, editing it as a pregnant woman was kind of hard. And so I didn't want to send out an episode that was difficult for me to listen to pregnant um, for everyone. So what I did was I edited that part of her interview out. I have it still, though. I have the full interview available. So if you would like to hear the unedited version of this interview and you would like, you're you're just totally fine with it, nothing's going to bother you, then please go ahead and email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com and I will happily send you the full version of this. Otherwise, there are so many amazing stories that Anne tells throughout this episode as well and you will gain so much from it. So I just wanted to be upfront with that and uh, just let you know what was going on. Now I would really love to thank our sponsor for this week who is my very own midwife, Carrie LaChapelle. And she is a licensed midwife, CPM of 12 years, offering home birth services in the upstate of South Carolina. Carrie provides evidence-based prenatal care, mama-baby family-centered home birth care, including water birth, and mama-baby postpartum care from birth to six weeks and beyond. She also offers extras like beautiful Banku belly binding, and she carries a wide variety of wish garden tinctures in her office. The great thing is that Carrie offers a free consultation to see if she's a good fit for your birth. So please visit her. Her website is hatchedathome.com and you can find her on Facebook at Hatched Midwife Carrie LaChapelle, L-A-C-H-A-P-E-L-L-E, or just get in touch with her individually at 864-907-6363. Thank you so much, Carrie, for sponsoring this episode. 
I also want to take this time to thank our reviewer of the week. I've gotten a number of reviews this last week or so. Thank you guys so much for doing that. I cannot tell you how much it means to me for you to just go on to iTunes and leave a review. It means so much for the show. It gives so much more exposure. So I am just so grateful. So if you get a chance to do that, please do. This reviewer of the week is Happy ALR, and she says, Inspiring. By luck, I ran into this podcast. I'm a mom of a three and a half year old boy who's currently five and a half months pregnant with my second little guy. I'm planning and praying for a VBAC in September, and I believe I've found a wonderful midwife to help me with this desire. This podcast is wonderful. It's given me hope, peace, and knowledge. Since starting the podcast, I've truly been inspired. Thank you for creating it. It has been a big blessing. Oh, thank you. Happy ALR. That is that just means so much to me. And I'm so excited for you for your VBAC in September and the fact that you have found a care provider that you feel like is really going to work with you. Just incredible. So please keep us updated with that as well. If you guys are listening to this episode right now, which you are, please take a screenshot and send it to your Instagram stories tagging Happy Home Birth Podcast. I will feature you in my stories and give you a shout out. You guys know I love doing that. So please keep it up. Other than that, just uh, keep me in your thoughts and prayers this week, guys. I, I'm hoping that there's going to be a baby sometime soon if there isn't already by Monday morning. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this show grow as I watch my new little one grow too. So thank you all for everything that you do. And let's jump on into the interview. And thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you. I'm happy I, to be here. I, yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to the listeners. You are such a wealth of knowledge with your with your profession and your personal birth story. So if you could introduce yourself, that would be amazing. Sure. Well, I'm Ann Crowdace. I have six kids. They range in age from 25 down to three. <laughs> so there was a little bit of a gap. I got 25, 23, 18, sorry, 19. 16, 14, and then down to three years old. Little surprise at the end wow. there. Wow. Yeah. So I, I always tell people that she's getting the best of me because I'm older, I'm more patient, I have a lot more knowledge about what I'm doing. And she also has three little mommies that are older than her. My 14 and 16 year old are still in the home and they're both female. <laughs> so she just has all this women and feminine energy around her. Oh, which is, which is fun. That's so sweet. Yeah, that's that is it. That's a nice little balance. She gets she gets siblings, but she also gets a lot of your full attention mm-hmm. and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, neat. And so, would you tell us about your career too? Absolutely. So I've done a lot of different things in my life, but the one thing that has kind of stayed true throughout the years is that I have uh, supported women in their pregnancies, birth, postpartum, breastfeeding, and parenting. Um, so I've been a doula, even though we didn't know that's what it was called way back when it didn't even have a name until the late nineties, but you know, I was a, I was a labor support person or, you know, cheerleader, whatever you want to call it. Um, for about the last 26, 25, 26 years, um, I was the first of my friends and the first of my cousins to give birth. And so I just found myself being asked for advice and asked to come along, you know, to births and, asked to come over when, you know, people were experiencing postpartum or, or breastfeeding troubles. And it was just a natural kind of progression to then become 
Uh, I, w- I trained as a midwife. Then I found out that there were women getting paid to go to births as doulas. And I thought that sounded great because <laughs> up until right. that point, I didn't, I hadn't been and I didn't know you could be. So I got officially formally trained in uh, 1999, maybe 2000. And by 2002, I had trained with two different organizations and found them to be very polar opposites. And I won't name names, but one was very uh, conventional medical, um, kind of micromanaging the women that they trained. And then the other one was almost antagonistic. And this is, remember, this is back in the early 2000s. So the other one was a little more antagonistic to the conventional medica- medical model of care. And th- but they didn't, neither one had a very good um, comprehensive type training. So I felt like I was lacking, you know, from each. So uh, a group of gals and I, we started an organization called Maternity Wise. And I have been training doulas since 2004-ish. And we started out with a postpartum program. Now we have a labor program, a lactation program. And just in the last couple of years, we started something called the Epidoula, which is a doula, like an advanced skills training to help um, train doulas in how to care for moms if they end up utilizing epidurals. And no judgment, but sometimes it does happen. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times we focus so much on the natural things and, and we and we well should, right? So, because that's how birth should go. But if something goes wrong, then we we can definitely be equipped to oh, sure. continue that vein of let's still do this vaginally, but we can, you know, get a little help along the way. So, uh, my favorite kind of birth, obviously, is to attend a home birth <laughs> because I'm a home birther myself. Um, and I found with my with my last one, and I'll tell you the story in a minute. But I found with my last, with my, with my three-year-old, I really desired to just, now I know that there's a term out there called free birthing. And I really desired to just kind of have a free birth myself. And I, I know enough, I felt confident enough. I I knew um, that things were safe and that everything was fine with my pregnancy and with my baby. And I, I just really desired to do it on my own. Um, and that's actually how it played out, not intentionally, but I think just subconsciously it it happened that way. But I have pretty quick births, so that's also a little unfair to my midwives. <laughs> right, they've <laughs> so. got to get in the car quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's called, I, I coined a term during, while I was a student midwife, called Cruella-ing. That's when you're driving to a birth Cruella de Vil style, like, yes. you know, maybe 90 yes. miles per hour. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. And especially if you know you've got somebody clear across town. And in the case of my midwife, she heard me do the big moo, you know, the, oh, not what you want to hear on the phone. No. No. And my husband was on the phone with her telling her, you know, I think, I think we should, you know, I think you should head over this way. And she hears me in the background doing that. And she didn't even have a shirt on when she got in her car. She told me (laughs) she just, got dressed like while she's driving down the highway. Yeah. For those of you that have not had a home birth, like you you might not understand, but sometimes your midwife will come in with her pants inside out and backwards and (laughs) no bra. One of my friends had to go to a birth in her like New Year's Eve dress and it it, like caught a baby that way. (laughs) 
fantastic. I love it. That's so cute. Oh man. Wow. That's well, that makes sense. I mean, you'd, you'd had a lot of births at that point and they had been very fast. It's not one out of six where the midwife missed doesn't surprise me too much. Well, it actually ended up being four out of six oh. where there was no help necessarily, <laughs> but you know, um, not for anybody's fault, you know, it just, that's just how it played out. And, and I, and when I say that, it doesn't mean there weren't people in the room. It just means they weren't ready for me at that moment. Baby was coming, whether they were ready or not. But, um, yeah, two of my home births were unassisted on unintentional unassisted, but, um, midwife arrived shortly after it just happened a little quick. That's good. Those precipitous births are often, you know, very, Oh yeah. Lacking in complication. And then exactly. it's good. It's great that you had care there yeah. in postpartum so that you could be watched after and, mm-hmm. and you know, all of the things be checked on. But that's, that's nice that, that you were able to experience that if that's more of what your, your, where your mind was at. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I feel like, um, you know, if you have training, unfortunately you're always kind of analyzing your own situation anyway. So you kind of know, okay, well, this is okay. All right. Well, that's fine. You know? And so you're already doctoring yourself if you want to call it that. And even though that's not usually the best idea, but, (laughs) but you know, if you know, if you need to call out for help to someone, you know, like, you know, if, um, and I'll tell you, uh, my fifth birth was was at home, but it was quite scary, and and I knew something was wrong with that one. You know, so it, it the mommy intuition. If you if you really are tuned into yourself, and that's not easy to do in the world we live in, but if you're really tuned into yourself, you will recognize when there's something up. You know, and you might not know what it is, but you you, you will know, know that you need to you know have right. another set of eyes looking at your situation, maybe. Well, I'm curious to hear about your birth stories. Well, thanks. I'm would, excited to tell them. Would you mind starting? I know you you mentioned before we started recording that you started in the hospital with your first. What was that like, and, and how did you progress to these home births? Well, I can kind of summarize my first couple of births because they sure. were relatively fast. So my first was about four and a half hours, and I had a wonderful general practitioner that had been my doctor since I was 11. Um, and she was very, she was more like a midwife than she was a, a doctor and very encouraging, very supportive. Um, at the very end of that labor, I did use some narcotic pain relief, which she had discouraged me from using. But, uh, after I kind of begged her to let me have them, she let me have them. <laughs> and so I had a clumsy kind of beginning of, uh, the pushing phase. And, uh, as you and I had discussed earlier, like, you know, when you, when you have narcotics and this has been my experience, not necessarily everyone's, but I felt like it didn't actually reduce my pain. It just made me kind of drunk and, and, uh, dumb, like <laughs> drunk and kind of, um, slow. And I couldn't formulate sentences. So I couldn't even, I couldn't move out of the bed. I was too dizzy and I couldn't really tell anyone how to help me because, um, you know, you're just kind of incapacitated in the mouth too (laughs) when you, 
when you have that flowing through your veins. So as that wore off, I was able to push successfully and the baby came quite quickly at that point. Um, and that was easy peasy and no complications. So my next birth, um, and, and with, and, and what I've learned throughout the course of my births is that I'm one of those moms who does a lot of early work. So it might sound like I have these really super fast births and that's, you know, they're, they're great. And I'm glad I'm thankful that I've had these really fast births, but, um, I do a lot of laboring kind of off and on during the weeks beforehand. And that sort of thing makes everybody nutty, right? So you're not sure if it's happening, if it's not happening. <laughs> you think, oh, today's the day. Oh, it's not the day. And then one day it's, it is the big day and all of a sudden you're pushing a baby out in an hour, right? So, so with my second, I had a lot of early labor and they actually put me on bed rest because they were concerned that I was you know, progressing or, um, that my labor, that my contractions would produce a baby. Um, with my first and with my second, I had them both exactly two weeks before my due date and they were both eight pounds and two ounces. So they were Mm -hmm. right on time for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I had a lot of early labor and as soon as they took me off bed rest, I had a little, little nap I went in and I saw the doctor. She said, oh, you're, you're two centimeters. You'll probably be back tonight. And I thought, what does she know? <laughs> That's silly. Well, I, she was right. I went home and I took a nap and I woke up in labor at 6.40 p.m. And sorry, at 6.45 p.m. I woke up to a contraction and they remained, they started happening every three minutes. And I, I probably was contracting a little while I was sleeping. You know, that happens, but I didn't know I don't, you know, I wasn't awake, so I don't know. And I remember um, thinking, this is it. Okay, we better hurry because I feel like I feel like this is not um, going to be slow this time. So we got in the car and raced to the hospital. They checked me in. Um, I'm laying in the bed, and I asked the nurse, you know, to get me some something, painkiller or something. Because obviously I was in transition. I didn't know it. She didn't know it. She checked me. I was six. My water broke. As she checked me, she said, you know, you got a ways to go. So I asked for some pain meds. And she leaves. And suddenly I'm feeling like i got to take a poop. Oh, boy. (laughs) So I push my nurse's button. And she's like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I gotta take a shit. Sorry for my language. <laughs> That's what I actually said. Hilarious. And, and she's, I, I just remember, you know, because your eyes are shut a lot of times when you're in birth. So the other senses are kind of calculating the information of what's happening around you. And I just remember hearing her feet running down the hall to my room. And she lifts the, the sheet off of my, you know, over my legs and catches my baby as he comes shooting out. Oh, wow. And my mid, my doctor comes in and she's like, well, you know, this is 20 minutes later. She, she was in the hospital. She just didn't know that she needed to come see me that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, well, what can I get you? <laughs> and I just remember wanting ho-hos and Arby's, which is so gross, but <laughs> that's what I wanted right that moment. Um, So, and so all in all that birth, I woke up from that nap at 6.45 PM and 
Caleb was bored at 7.40 p.m. Oh, my word. Yeah, that was a quick one. And six to baby out in like a matter of minutes. That tells oh, you people. I think it was like a matter of one. It could have even been one contraction, Less. honestly. Crazy. I don't remember exactly, but. That, but that is, I think that's a really important thing that, that I would like to mention is that shows, you know, we always think of labor on a time clock and, oh, if I, it's taking me this long to get to six centimeters, it's going to take this much longer to have a baby. Nope. That's not how our bodies work. It could be that you're at six centimeters and then you're pushing out a baby in a minute. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that happen so many times as a doula, especially when you have a mom who for whatever reason, her mind relaxes. And I think in that moment, because I knew she was going to get me relief, like she was leaving to go fetch relief and bring it to me. Mm -hmm. I think in my mind that made me relax. Like, okay, it's going to be okay now. Oh, well then if you're going to relax, then your cervix is just going to pop right open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's the baby. Oh, yes. Yes. Which is its own kind of relief. (laughs) Uh huh. Mm -hmm. A very good one. (laughs) So, so my third, unfortunately, between my second and my third, it's three years, but my, my doctor got breast cancer. Oh. And so she stopped practicing. She's still, she's still with us and everything, oh, but she stopped practicing at that time because she felt like, you know, she needed to focus on her health, which of course. Um, so she referred me to another doctor who was a fantastic man, loved him. Um, but this was during the era where Doctors stopped being on call for their patients and you got somebody in the group practice. Mm -hmm. So 1999, I've got an OB this time, not a GP. I've got an OB and I liked him a lot and he was very kind and very patient and took a lot of time with me. And, you know, he knew I had fast births. So we would, we would just joke on the fact that he probably wouldn't make it. And I lived five minutes from the hospital. So uh, the other thing is, is I really, to this day, I really believe that they miscalculated my due date. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what my last menstrual period was. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure when I got pregnant. It was like, there was a week there where it was even possible, you know? So, and, and you can, from one child to another, you can say like, you know, this, this baby's ready at two weeks before, and this baby has, needs a little more time, right? So, so we're, you know, calculating, calculating my due date. And when I went into, you know, and then I also have this kind of complicating factor of I have early labor, a lot of early labor. So I'm having a lot of early labor. One day it lasts for a couple of hours and it seemed like it was sort of picking up. And so I went in and I was about three weeks early, but um, because I'd had two week early babies before, you know, and you're told that every baby's earlier. That's what they used to say. Mm -hmm. And and that's not true, but that's what they used to say is every baby comes a little earlier. So I'm expecting that, oh, well, I'm three weeks early this time. You know, that makes sense. And this was also back in the day when 37 weeks was considered term. Mm -hmm. It's now 38 weeks, but at the time, 37 weeks, hey, you know, have your baby. That's fine. Um, 
so I'm there, I'm having a little bit of, it was such mild labor and I just didn't, I felt like, okay, I, this isn't it. This actually isn't it. Um, and I wanted to go home and the doctor that was there was just the doctor on call. I'd never met him before. And to be perfectly honest with you, he was really cute and it made me uncomfortable that he was so cute. And he was going to see my junk, you know, <laughs> I, so, I can understand. I, I was like, I don't know you, but you're, you're too good looking to be doing this kind of work. Okay. <laughs> so I'm there. My mom is with me and my friend is with me. Um, who this friend that was with me, Amber Eaton, who was Amber Heimbaugh at the time, she actually um, is one of the women who helped found Maternity Wise as well. Oh, wow. So she was there with me, and they wouldn't let me go home. And I, I kept saying to them, because then by this point, like, my labor was not even happening anymore. I wasn't even contracting. But they were really freaked out by the fact that I had such fast labors. And the, I remember the nurse saying to me, you're going to have the baby in the car. You don't want to have the baby in the car. And I'm like, well, no, but I live five minutes away. Right. You know, and she was like, no, you, no, you're going to have the baby in the car. You're going to go home and have the baby. And I was like, part of me in my mind was like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with that? <laughs> like, who needs you people? <laughs> you know, you haven't been super helpful. <laughs> right. And, and that's exactly what I thought, you know, was like, well, in the past, I mean, if, if there's somebody that can catch, I think we're in good shape. Right. So anyway, that was my mindset was, I don't really need this whole team of people in a, you know, and, and all your stuff that you got in this room. Like, I don't really need all that. So Anyway, I told the doctor, like, okay, I'm, if I got to sign something, because the other thing was, is my aunt is an OR, she was like the head of the OR at a different hospital, the hospital that I had been giving birth at before. And she told me, like, if, if they don't want to let you go, just tell them you'll sign AMA against medical advice, and then they have to let you go. Um, you're not a prisoner, you know, mm -hmm. and so I said, you know, if I've got to sign something, let me sign something. And he said, well, let me just check you one more time before you go and just see if you've made any progress and we'll, we'll, you know, go from there. So what I didn't know is he literally had an amnio hook up his sleeve, <gasps> and he had asked me earlier in the, you know, like a couple hours earlier, cause I, I'm like sitting there for probably five hours in the hospital, like nothing happening, you know, and I'm thinking, there's no baby coming today. And he had asked me, um, I want to break your water. And I said, I don't want you to do that. And so I told him earlier in the day, no, about that. So he's, he pre pretends like he's going to check my dilation and he, he ruptures my membranes without my permission. Oh, that makes me want to cry. Well, it gets worse. So you wonder why I went to home birth with the next one. <laughs> but so he... He says, you know, your water's broken, you're staying. And he tells the nurse to get me an IV going and that, you know, labor stalled out and we need to get this baby out. And I just thought, what? I don't understand. Like, and, you know, I had enough training and I had enough just logic in my own head to know this doesn't really make sense. Like, I don't feel like there's something terrible happening and there's no crisis. So am I you know, am I missing something? Like, why is, why are they acting like there's this, this crisis and we need to do something, you know, to get the baby out quickly. And 
I'm only 37 weeks, you know, right. so like, it doesn't seem that urgent to me, but, but the, the attitude of the staff was so almost panic mode that, and, and there wasn't, there was nothing wrong with the water. I mean, there was, there were zero indications that, you know, baby or I were in any sort of trouble. So I'm laying there, they've got the IV going and I realize I really need to go to the bathroom. And so we call the nurse button and she tells me from over the intercom, you know, she tells me I'll just have to use a bedpan. And I'm like, <sighs> no, I'm getting up. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like she said, you can't do that. Your water's broken. And so I'm like, well, um, I am. So. And what, this was 1999? Is yeah. this? Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, well, my mom will help me. So my mom and I, like, so I'm starting to try to get up out of the bed and I realized that the nurse had hooked my IV through the bed rail and like looped it. So oh I was, Lord. I was essentially like trapped in the bed. Um, right. You, know, you bed. were a prisoner. Yeah, I was a prisoner at that point. So they gave me Pitocin, which I didn't know until afterward. My mom told me that she was like, yeah, they gave you medicine to get your contractions going again. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why? So but like uh, about eight o'clock, um, they said, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a long night and just try to rest. And I'm kind of panicked a little bit by this point thinking I'm stuck here. I'm, you know, I feel like you're not respecting my wishes. I'm completely, and my mom was also kind of of the, of the generation where you respect the doctors, their authority figures, that sort of thing. So she wasn't challenging them for me either. Right. Um, and my friend Amber wasn't challenging them either because she is just kind of watching this, you know, crap show happen. And yeah, I bet she's kind of in shock. What, yeah, didn't know what to do or why things were happening, you know, and also realizing, that, you know, the way they were acting, maybe there really was something wrong. And that was kind of my questioning in my own head, too. And I can see how moms really are easily kind of baited into that belief that there's something wrong because it's the way they act and it's not even they don't even have to say something's wrong when they're acting frightened and they're acting panicked and they're acting rushed you as a woman you your intuition tells you something's up these mm -hmm. people are panicked something's wrong you know so anyhow my I'm starting to feel like I need to push and this is 8:30 now half an hour later I start feeling like I need to push and they're, you know, kind of poo-pooing me from the other room. And my mom says, and I, I turn to my mom and I say, catch the baby. There's a baby coming out. <laughs> and so she just like, instead of doing that, she ran to the doorway and says, the baby's coming right now. <laughs> so they ran in and the doctor didn't have his gloves on or anything. They, they're, they're yelling at me to stop pushing and I'm not even pushing. My body was doing it. I'm laying right. there calmly. And I, I remember it felt like my vagina was blowing a bubble. <laughs> because <laughs> His head just went bloop, right oh, out wow. and just came right out on its own. Just very gently. I was completely relaxed and I just remember them you know, treating me like I had done something wrong by having this baby without their permission, you know. Even though they made it happen. Yeah, 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 you know. So, um, 
the next thing that that was bad about that though is they instead of handing him to me they cut it they clamped and cut his cord immediately put him on the warmer um you know rubbing him too vigorously in my opinion just very aggressive with him and and he starts to cry and he's just tiny just tiny and not ready to be here and he's crying that little tiny preemie cry and my mom and I are looking at each other and I'm saying to the staff give him to me give him to me and they wouldn't and so finally I turned to my mom I said go get him and give him to me now mm-hmm. you know so she goes over and the nurse is like oh oh well okay here he is <laughs> so she she hands him to me and he's itty bitty he they weighed him he was six pounds nine ounces and at this point I'd already been doing some studies so I already knew how to do a newborn assessment and I did it right then and there and I looked at this kid and I knew he was five weeks early Mm. not three weeks five so I'm like this baby is just not ready to be here and he had the worst time nursing and he had jaundice like you wouldn't believe I mean he had just such a rough start because he was hurried out, you know, and I think of all these moms whose due dates could be miscalculated and how they induce and how they you know, hurry things up. And you've got these itty bitty babies who are just not ready. And then there's complications and failure to thrive and breastfeeding issues and, you know, well, and, and little boys too. I mean, they are very prone, you know, they need more time for their lungs to develop. That's, that's really scary. So they, you know, brought him early and then I had him and I just was continually during that hospital stay treated um, like my demands to hold him. Like I wanted him to room in with me. I wanted him to be breastfeeding. All these things just were very much treated like I shouldn't have these you know, requests or demands, like, how could I demand such things? It was just very strange. Um, And I didn't like it at all. And my sister-in-law then had a baby the next year um, at home in a blow-up pool, you know, kiddie pool in her living room. And I just thought, well, why not? Of course. Like, what... What do you need to go and get abused for at the hospital, right? I mean, you can do this. Why bother going someplace where you're not going to be treated right and your baby's, you know, in danger? And so the next one I planned for home. And I used the same midwife as my sister-in-law. And we just kind of went from there. And that was, so your, your third birth was 1999. What year was this one? 2002. Okay. So 2002, had a great, uneventful pregnancy, very, very healthy, um, just, you know, enjoyed it, enjoyed every last minute. And with baby number four, that's my Ruth, so she um, came three days late, or three days past her due date. She's not late. Nobody's ever late. We're not Mm -hmm. library books. (laughs) But we're, you know, hanging out, doing a lot of early labor, and my my sister-in-law was staying with me, the one who had the home birth. She was staying with me um, because my husband worked an hour away, and we knew that an hour might not be <laughs> might be too long. Right. And so um, she was she was staying with us so that 
I was not alone if it happened. And one day it did happen, um, but it was the day after she left. <gasps> so actually it was the day that she left. So I realized that even though we were good friends and I, I loved her and I wanted her support and I appreciated her, um, that maybe I didn't feel comfortable enough to birth with her. Right. And so the day that she got on the plane, she got on the plane at three o'clock in the afternoon and my husband got home from work. So just kind of moseyed around the house. And I had a little birth, um, kind of like a to-do list. And it was the first thing on the list was go turn up the water heater because I wanted to relax in the tub for a, a bit of the labor. And um, turn on some specific music and make me a cup of tea. I mean, there were several things. Brush my hair. I had just, these were like kind of for my husband's benefits, things to do, you know, while I'm getting ready to have the baby. So he goes and does, you know, a couple of them. And I get in the tub and he's on the phone with the midwife, you know, saying, and this is so funny because Ruth's birth and Talia's birth, my three-year-old, um, nearly identical. So funny. So I say, uh, he's on the phone with her and I say, her head moved down way, way down. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? And she, she says on the phone, I hear you. I hear you. I'm on my way, but I'm 45 minutes away. So I'm in the tub and it was kind of one of those big cast iron garden tubs and it, but it wasn't very wide. So it was really deep, which was great, but it wasn't wide. And I just, suddenly felt like I need to get out. I just need to get out and birth the baby. So I get out and I walk to the doorway and my husband's chasing me with a towel. I'm dripping wet and my body starts pushing. So I'm, I start saying out loud, don't push, don't push. And I'm holding onto the stair rail as I'm trying to like go around the corner to our room. And, um, and he's like, I'm not pushing you. <laughs> I'm like, not you, not you. So I I just set my mind like I am a robot, you know, and I walk, 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 walk really quick to the bedroom and flop down on the bed, open my legs, and I'm like, get her. And so he catches her. He She comes right out in the next contraction, and I'm, I'm screaming, Jesus, help me. And he's thinking I'm so spiritual. <laughs> and... Um, and so he catches the baby hands and, and he did this kind of like juggling, like I have a baby in my hands. What do I do with it? Right. And so I said, Wasn't you know, expecting this. yes, hand her to me, hand her to me. So I put her on my chest and she's, she's there seeming normal. And then all of a sudden she goes limp mm. and that kind of freaked me out. But I know now she's, you know, still got a good supply of oxygen. So I didn't need to worry, but I was worried. Right. <clears throat> And I knew to rub her back and stimulate her, and and that worked. She came around, but um, then as a toddler, she would, you know, if you surprised her, she would faint. So mm. I think at her birth, she was like, "Whoa, I was just born," and then fainted. Oh, wow! <laughs> I think is what happened for her. And then she came to, and she was fine. And um, but she was breathing. She just seemed to have passed out, like just mm. kind of went to sleep for a second, <laughs> and. So I'm rubbing her back. She comes to, she's hollering really well. And, and within a, a couple of minutes, I really felt like I needed to get the placenta out, but I couldn't do it on my own. And I'm laying on my back at this time. Um, 
and I just couldn't get it to, I just couldn't get it to come out laying there like that. And my husband didn't want to touch anything, you know, didn't want to pull on a cord or, or try to help me because obviously, um, and my midwife's instructing him over the phone, like, don't touch anything. I will mm-hmm. be there soon. You know, if she wants to get up and I was like, I can't get up. So she gets there, helps me pull out the placenta. That was probably the worst part of it was waiting for her to get there to get the placenta out. Cause right. that, that was, it was very painful. And, and also I knew that I was bleeding mm-hmm. more than I really needed to be bleeding, but it wasn't bad. It, it was just, you know, more than necessary. Right. So that birth and then that baby, she was eight pounds, eight ounces of luscious little buttery blubber and such a good breastfeeder, great sleeper. I mean, she was, you know, she was just perfectly on time for herself and ready to be here. And that was, that was a great, like, to me, kind of the thing that really sold me that home birth is the only way to go unless there's a reason not to, you know, and All right, lovely listeners, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is an edited episode, so this next part is when Anne had discussed her home birth where she had had a partial placenta previa, and it really is an incredible story. I certainly would love to share it with you. If you'd like to hear the entire interview, please head over to uh, my email, caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, and just send me an email requesting the full file, and I will send it to you. Uh, But just in the honor of both time and any mom's ability to handle traumatic information, I am just cutting this part out and sending it to anybody who feels comfortable with listening to this story. It really is, like I said, it's it's amazing, but it is very, very intense, and I didn't feel like it was for everyone's ears. So please send me uh, an email if you would like to hear it, and we're going to hop back into Anne's next home birth story. So... Fast forward 11 years, and I've been a doula. I've been working with postpartum. I've been doing, I've been training women. I'm traveling all over the world. You know, I'm doing all these great things. I'm, I feel like we're, we're impacting, you know, the way that women practice as doulas. We're, we're giving them um, kind of a comprehensive, don't fear the home birth, don't fear the hospital kind of education where they've, got tools and skills, you know, to, to get out there and really make a difference. And so I'm happily having this, you know, career as a doula and making quite good money, you know, both uh, as a doula and training. And I owned a doula agency as well um, in San Antonio. And so we've got, you know, all these great things going on and I find myself pregnant. <laughs> And it was exciting. I wanted to be pregnant, sort of. Um, I had been divorced and remarried during that 11 years. And my husband, this was, he'd never had any children. He was 10 years older than me. So he's hes at 50 at that point. And wow. I advanced maternal age myself at that point. And supposedly. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, boy. Yeah. And well, so, 40 years old. Ooh, careful. <laughs> so... Um, it was, and we had been married for four years and didn't, didn't get pregnant. We weren't, we weren't trying not to, we weren't trying to, we just kind of were letting it happen. And I thought 
by that point, I kind of thought, well, it's just, it's not going to happen. And that's okay. Well, and then as soon as I had that thought, here I was pregnant. So, of course. Of course. And so, um, hired a really great friend of mine who is a home birth midwife, um, very well respected in the, in the community. Um, my one thing that I had to really work through during my pregnancy was kind of the trauma of my last birth and thinking, you know, what if this is a placenta previa and um, just, you know, and, and as we went along, we did have a low lying placenta at first and it did move and went plenty high. It was fine. Um, so that, fear was abated and I didn't worry about it at all. Um, and because I, you know, I, I ran a doula agency and I worked with women constantly. I had all these women that were really supportive and loving toward me and my, and, and my, you know, journey as becoming a mom again. And so I had a lot of early labor again <laughs> and kind of, don't know if this is it. I think it is. And every single one of my babies in the past had been born in the evening. So of course, when I'd have labor in the evenings, I took it seriously. And when I would have labor in the mornings, I did not take it seriously. <laughs> and so I would, I would get contractions nearly every morning at the end from about three till about six ish. And it would go away. And Sometimes it'd wake me up and I'd, you know, or I'd sleep through and, ha you know, have a couple of contractions that would kind of stir me and I'd just go back to sleep. Um, but one morning, so I'm three days again over my due date and 3 a.m. I wake up and I'm feeling like I need to go to the bathroom and I have a little bit of an upset stomach and I'm thinking I just, you know, oh, if I could just go poo, I will feel better. And then a little bit later, if I could just go poo, I'll feel better. And then a little bit later, if I could just go poo, I'll feel better. <laughs> and someone looking in from the outside probably would have said, I see a pattern here. But me, <laughs> looking from the inside, I'm just like, you know, completely. If I could just go poo, I'd thinking, feel better. <laughs> yeah, just completely thinking if I do this, I'll feel better. If I do that, I'll feel better. So I'm walking around. My husband's asleep walking around and I didn't even realize it, but three hours went by of this I'm going poo. I'm laying on the couch. Oh, if I could just roll over on this side, I'll feel better. Okay. If I could just stand up, I'll feel better. All right. I'm just going to walk around some more. I'll feel better. So I, so then I'm thinking, oh, if I just sit on the ball, I'll feel better. So I go and I sit on the ball at the end of my bed and my husband wakes up. This is about 6am. He wakes up and sees me and he thinks I'm praying, which again, I'm spiritual, but I'm not spiritual enough to be up at 6 a.m. praying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some women are. Good for you. I'm really so impressed. But, so I'm I'm going through contractions and I'm and I know they're contractions, but I'm not taking it seriously at all. I'm not thinking that I'm gonna have a baby that day at all. So I just gotta get through one by one, you know, and eventually they're getting pretty intense and I and what I, I was, I was at one point silent. Now I'm breathing heavier and, and he wakes up and looks at me and, and I said, yeah, today's the day again. And we laugh and he rolls over and goes back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start kind of moaning a little bit and he says, you know, what can I do for you? What do you need? And I just said, well, I got to go to the bathroom again. 
He said, do you want me to start a, a bath? Cause I, I would a lot of times just go get in the bath and I would feel better and that, you know, contractions would go away. So I said, yeah. So I went and used the restroom while he started the bath. And so I had two contractions, um, on the toilet while he ran the bath and, um, they were very uncomfortable. Like I, like I thought, man, this kid's just not in the right position or something. <laughs> I'm just, oh, you know, what's going on here? If I, I'll just get in the bath and I'm going to feel better. So I get in the bath. And the first contraction I had in the bath was really mild. And I was like, yeah, see, I knew I'd feel better if I just got in the bath. And then I had the next one. And that was a, that was a big one. Oh. And so I said, I said to him, I think you better call Nikki. That's our midwife. And so he calls Nikki and I turn over. I think, oh, you know, if I just get my tummy in the water, I'll feel better. So, <laughs> so I get on my hands and knees and get my tummy in the water. And it's a nice big kind of roundish bathtub. So I had room to maneuver. And um, so I get on my tummy and yeah, the next contraction wasn't too bad. And Jonathan's on the phone with Nikki at this point, he call, you know, he gets her on the phone and the next contraction happens. And I'm sure they're probably happening back to back at this point. But, to, you know, when you're in labor, you have no sense of time. So he he has her on the phone and she hears me do the big moo, the big oh. <laughs> she said that she was nursing her toddler and that she threw her toddler at her husband and ran out the door without a shirt on. And her husband, all her husband would, could think was, Anne must be in labor. <laughs> right. <laughs> because she knew that, any, you know, like when it was time, it was going to be a fast one. So she said, um, I was the first and only birth that she's ever missed. But she was on her way. And during, during that contraction, I felt the head moving down. So I flipped over. And the next contraction, her head came out. She was still in the call. And I was feeling it with my hand and my whole kind of second half of my pregnancy, I had this sense that she was going to have the cord around her neck. And as I'm feeling the the amniotic sac, it snapped and jumped back behind her head. And so I checked and sure enough, she had the cord around her neck. So I just, but it was loose. So I just Mm -hmm. unlooped it. And um, the next contraction, I pushed a little bit, but she felt kind of stuck. She was my biggest kid. She's 811, but I felt like she was just not, I just didn't have quite the right angle with my legs or something. So I, I opened my legs even, you know, further and got kind of further down onto my back more. So I, so my sacrum wasn't really as, I wasn't on my sacrum as much. And, um, so I moved down a little bit and I gave a real hefty push and she came out and she was perfectly happy so I put her up on my chest and my husband threw some towels over us so we would stay warm in the water and my midwife got there and helped me with the placenta and it was really beautiful it was a good it was a really good experience that time um and I'm I feel like I'm done (laughs) right Um, perhaps having kids yeah and but I'm 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 perfectly happy that my childbearing career ended that way. Oh, that's <laughs> it was wonderful. Good. You're it's right. That was such a nice way to end and such a healing, um, a healing way to end after a few of the complications that you'd had previously. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I felt too was it was like, okay, I I didn't have to be afraid of the process. My, you know, it just was a, kind of in my mind thinking it was a fluke or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like cuz you know, you kind of um you define yourself by the way you birth. For good or bad, I think as women we define ourselves by our birth experiences and that's why when you have a really traumatic experience, you're more likely to suffer from postpartum depression or anxiety or other issues. But yeah. Right. Luckily there are so many resources now to Mm. help with that Mm -hmm. Uh, because you're right. That can be, it it does, it, it, it leaves a lasting mark and to, to be able to process through all of that is just so vitally important. Very, very. And I, you know, I, I have attended home births that ended up in the hospital or hospital births that ended up where, you know, mom's having her baby with nobody around. Like I've seen all these variations of birth myself and I can firmly say, you know, birth works all on its own. We just, we just interfere with it so much. It's amazing to me that we have some of the worst mortality surrounding childbirth both for mothers and babies and we just we aren't even keeping track of right. stuff in order to oh. find an answer right know? right to to truly improve it right wow well and i am so grateful for you coming on and sharing your stories with us and i would love for you to give your information to the listeners i you i know that you run maternity wise where can where can they find out more about that and about you well, Maternity Wise is online, maternitywise.com. And if they wanted to, we have trainings ongoing. Um, I'm in New York City right now, and that's where I live now. And so I'm doing more trainings in New York City. But we do often, um, yearly, and sometimes more often we travel to Hawaii. We also have trainers in California. We have trainers in Texas. We have trainers um, in Maryland. We have trainings you know very often happening in Maryland and it just all over the place we've got trainers all over and and um, we also have an online program so if someone didn't have a training near them they can also get the same credentials and they can get the same um, good training and education just online and it's a uh, it's unique because we also provide mentorship mm-hmm. so not only are you getting you know good birth focus training, but also really great business focus training. And then you have a mentor that walks with you through the whole process. Um, One of my favorite things to do is to help women birth their business, which is exciting in itself because there's just so much sense of accomplishment that women have when it's like they're no longer checking in and out at Target, right? Or at a Mm -hmm. daycare or wherever they work that they're working for somebody else, but now they're running their own business. And it just, it's so empowering to women to be in charge of their finances and in charge of their earnings and, and doing something that they love and comes very naturally while still balancing and blessing their family financially. It's, I mean, it's the way that it should be, I believe. That's so amazing. And I really, I just appreciate all that you're doing for the birth world. That's, it, we need, we need people just like you. Thank you for being the bridge to, to true knowledge and empowerment. And I am going to put your 
links to your Instagram, to your social media in the show notes so that listeners can find you and follow along. And certainly if they're interested in doula training, that is a great place to go. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. And well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I hope you have a great day. You too.